0: This is the WFG National Title Insider Report, your weekly download on the market, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending to keep you informed and ahead of the market. In this week's download, we welcome Justin Tucker, Chief Marketing Officer of West, sharing the big picture on sales and marketing. Hey, Justin, thanks for joining us. Let's start off by talking about personalized versus personal marketing. What do you mean by that?
1: Well Brian it's a topic that's becoming a uh, very near and dear to my heart and one I'm spending a lot of time paying attention to something that that's changed in our world is because of how many advertisements and marketing messages we're exposed to on a regular basis whether that's through scrolling through a social media feed or or whether that's through mass email marketing people are getting very wise and a lot smarter about what is non-personalized generic blasts that really have a lot less impact uh, compared to what they they used to do. And so when I say personalized versus personal, I think those are the two areas that whether you're doing B2C or B2B marketing, people should be thinking about. Personalized would be, a more technical term would be account-based marketing. It's treating every account like an account of one. And you're looking for opportunities to see where people raise their hand and to send them messages that, that are a little bit more custom to them because of that. A great example for personalized marketing would be Let's say you've signed up for Netflix and you've watched a specific show. Maybe you watched House of Cards. And uh, then about six months, eight months later, you get an email in your inbox and it's letting you know that season two of House of Cards is out. That is a much more personalized marketing experience than just a general Netflix email saying, come sign up and here's what our price is. So I think companies can start to think about where their clients are raising their hand and where you can give a more personalized touch from a marketing standpoint. Personal is something you can't automate. Uh, personal is very one-to-one. It's, it's looking at someone and saying, well, what matters to them? What's impactful to them? What would be an extreme experience that I could create that they're going to talk about and they're going to tell everyone else about? And that you can't automate. Um, I think you can use technology to scale the opportunities to find instances where you can leverage it. It's the impact of being mindful thinking about what fills someone else's bucket, and then looking for the right opportunities to to create memorable extreme experiences.
0: Let's talk about personal, too. I want to focus on that because it's not impossible, right? I mean, you would essentially maybe 80-20 your database and say, we're going to get really personal with our top 20%. Is that possible? Is that how you do that? Because that's got to be tough to execute on.
1: You know, I think so. I think you are looking at a lot of account segmentation And really focusing on accounts of one. With the personal side, you just have to get to know people. And it has to be authentic and it has to be a part of of your process. Like I said before, I think you can use technology to empower that. Maybe it's your top 20 accounts. You have some type of reminder through a CRM or something that's bringing you back that person to the forefront. Where you can say, you know, it's it's time that I have some type of meaningful encounter with this person. And I'll give you a a good example of someone that I think is doing it really well. A gal that I've gotten to know a little bit, her name is Brittany Hodak. And she has a company called Superfan. And they do a lot of marketing consulting for companies like Gatorade or or celebrity personalities like Dolly Parton. I mean, really, really, really well dialed into the marketing scene. And we had a, a pretty funny exchange. She spoke at one of our events. When we do our events, we um, the speakers that get up on stage, we always give them a word, a word that they have to try to work into their presentation. And so uh, she gave us the word trench coat. So when we were up on stage, we had to figure out how to work in the word trench coat. Well, about a month later, um, I got a card from her. It was She went on to Etsy. Uh, she found an old picture of a trench coat, an, an inspector gadget postcard, wrote a little note on the back just saying, hey, had a really great time speaking at your event. Uh, hilarious that we were able to work in the word trench coat. Now, that's not something she can do from a mass marketing standpoint, but it's something that I'll always remember and will continue to be impactful. So if you take that top 20%, as, as you refer to it, and think, you know, how can I just look for moments that matter and be mindful? When you create those experiences, you get so much more leverage. There's a lot more legs to the experience than maybe just sending them generic email blasts where they see you every three to five to, to 10 days. And quite frankly, I, I think we're in this period of time where every marketing interaction teaches people whether they're gonna look at your next marketing interaction. So if someone's just blowing up your inbox, you're actually teaching them to ignore you. And in fact, Brittany in that moment taught me that I'm gonna read everything that she puts out there because she's practicing what she's preaching and and she formed that emotional connection or tether to me that, that makes me wanna pay attention. So in a in a world where attention is the new currency or is one of the new currencies, you got to do things that get you the right attention and stop thinking about doing things that get you the wrong attention.
0: Justin Tucker is the chief marketing officer of West, a Williston Financial Group company, joining us to talk about different types of marketing and sales and the big picture here. Let's talk about account-based marketing and experiential marketing. I know this plays off what you just talked about.
1: It does. I mean, account-based marketing, if you really want to get into the technical side of it, that's how you master the personalized. We talked a little bit about earlier. If you went to Google and just type that term in, you're going to see a lot of companies really spending time and attention and focus there. And it, it doesn't mean that you create one message for every account, but it means you treat every account, account like an account of one. And so if you have 25 clients who are interested in this line and 27 that are interested in this and 34 over here, you still have some more general overarching messages, but they're they're specific to the types of content that those individuals or, or those companies want to hear. It's basically a decision tree. It's kind of a if this, then that type phenomenon. And so while it's complex to set up, uh, the ROI on it is, is tenfold because people are actually seeing messages that are relevant. And I'll be cognizant and careful in, in how I say this, but you look at companies, let's, let's go down to an individual real estate agent for a second. You look at the companies that, that these people are following to market, Brian Buffini, you know, Tom Ferry, brilliant, brilliant men. I mean incredibly smart guys. But they're creating these generalized messages. And so you might be following Brian Buffini, you might be following his next marketing campaign or next piece, and you might be sending to one of your clients, you know, a thinking of selling, well, here are five staging tips, email when you just sold them a house two weeks ago. That doesn't create the type of, of interaction that you want because now that person is getting a message that doesn't make sense to them, and in some cases might be offensive to them, because you're looking at this as a one-size-fits-all approach. So that's where account-based marketing comes in, and then experiential marketing is is all about finding and creating moments worth talking about. It's one of my favorite topics right now. I tend to be a little bit of a storyteller, so I'll I'll try and keep this one short. There's companies that are investing a ton of money into this. You take a company like the Ritz-Carlton. The Ritz-Carlton actually empowers and trains their people to look for opportunities to solve problems or create moments that wow. They actually will give uh, their employees the ability to make up to a $2,000 decision when they see an opportunity to create a moment of wow or to to fix and solve a a problem. And I I had a friend once who, uh, who flew in late one night, was staying at the Ritz-Carlton, and uh, came into the bar late at night, was incredibly hungry, but also had a gluten allergy. And when they went and talked to the bartender, uh, they had shut down the kitchen, but all they really had was this snack mix. And so uh, he said, well, I can't eat most of the things that are in that snack mix, so that's okay. Well, the bartender went into the back, put on gloves, and created a completely custom bowl of snack mix where they took out all of the pieces that had gluten. And brought it back and said, "Hey, you know we, know, we know you're hungry. Sorry, we couldn't we couldn't get anything in the kitchen for you, but I put I picked out all the pieces that had gluten, so I could give you this. Now that's a pretty amazing story by itself. But then that person went back into their point of sale system, made those notes for that customer, and then any single person who was servicing that customer moving forward for the next couple of days brought him out that custom bowl of snack mix. And so that's what I mean by experiential marketing: is what are those moments? that you can find to create an experience that someone is gonna go talk about. What's the beauty of that? That person went onto social media and told that story to everyone else. And so they did the exposure and the outreach for you, and that's 10 times more powerful than any marketing message you could put out there on your own. So if you're looking for opportunities to create experiences for your clients that they wanna talk about, those are much more impactful than any social media ad or, or any uh, email campaign or billboard that, that you could run today.
0: Okay, Justin Tucker, Chief Marketing Officer of West WFG National Title, Williston Financial Group. Now we've got a tougher question for you, okay? (laughs) What should title companies be doing with all of this in mind? What should title companies be doing to market
1: themselves? (laughs) That is a tough question uh, because it's a a pretty complex answer. I think, let me start a little bit theoretical and, and move into some more specifics. From a theoretical standpoint, part of me wants to just say, forget what you think you know. We spend so much time looking backwards at things that used to work and being so permanent in our approach that we stop looking forward to things that could work or trying new things. And so for us, I mean, we're constantly taking risks, trying new things, trying to not let our experience become blinders to what we should be doing. But past that, I'm I really, for us, we're focused on systems and training. And that's putting together processes for the mundane that removes that, and then training our staff how to look for those moments that matter and turn those into our our, our marketing opportunities. So I would really start there. I I think that it's a mindset thing. And then become much, much, much better at telling stories. People connect to stories. It's the right way to communicate your value proposition. We tend to always want to talk about you know facts and figures but there's no emotion behind that there's no alignment and connectivity behind that something we spend a lot of time helping our partners with in the agency space is actually a, an exercise called uh, brand archetypes and it's helping you identify which archetype you are and then building your logo your mission statement your core values your tagline in the right way that helps really convey who you are and, and what you bring to the table so from for me it's forget what you think you knew focus on really figuring out who you are and telling your story, take some risks and don't get caught up on on doing things just because you've always done it. I mean, we don't print off a bunch of flyers and drop them in flyer boxes at real estate offices anymore because real estate agents aren't in real estate offices as much. And we don't uh, tend to use the yellow pages to market companies anymore either. But, you know, sometimes I think people get stuck in their old ways and, and they stop paying attention to how things are evolving and what could be.
0: Justin Tucker with a big picture on marketing and sales. And the next question then is how should marketing and sales work together? I know this is a this is kind of a loaded question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because it has to be asked. How do you, how do you get these two groups to work together?
1: This is a fun one for me to answer because for the last, oh, I would say, you know, five or six years, one of my biggest pet peeves has has been people saying that marketing and sales are the same thing and they're very different. But uh, you know, I want to take my own advice and not let what I think I know dictate you know, how things are evolving and changing. And more so than ever, especially in our industry, you're seeing a blurring of marketing and sales, that people trust personalities much more than they trust brands. It's why we love Tesla because we like Elon Musk, or we don't like Tesla because we don't like Elon Musk. But either way, we're connecting to a, a personality. So for us in the, the title space, when we're trying to get lenders... And real real estate agents and commercial brokers and people to pay attention, I think there has to be a little bit more blurring of this to say, people are going to connect to people. You are the identity. You need to be out there and be authentic and be who you are and not be afraid to market yourself, to market the company, to market your, your why, and then lead that into sales activity. So you know, unlike I would have said in the past, there's a big difference between the two and people need to stop confusing the terms. I think today in our world, salespeople also have to have a layer of marketing because they are what we're marketing. They represent our brand and everyone's experience with them is how they feel about our company. So I think that teaching sales folks how to leverage social media, how to create their own voice, what are the appropriate things to talk about and how to talk about them, becoming much more inclined to train people on how to market to create sales opportunities I think that strategy means more today than
0: than it has in the past. You have an incredibly difficult job, okay? Because let's face it, title companies are just trying to get business done, get things closed on time, dealing with agents, dealing with lenders, all of that stuff. Everybody knows what I'm talking about here. So forcing change can be difficult. So this question, I, I hope the takeaway here is change can be slow, but what is the one thing right now that maybe you're focused on that's working, that we can take away from this and say, hey, that's something we can do right now, today or tomorrow, and make a difference?
1: I'd like to say that there was one thing. I really think it's time for people to start to embrace their creativity. What's the the old phrase? When a bear is chasing you in the woods, you only have to outrun the slowest person. Um, Thankfully, in our world, there's not a lot of creativity. And so take some risks, try some new things, and, and don't be afraid to fail where you can inevitably find success. But for us right now, the one thing that I would be thinking about, you know, over the past couple of years in the title space, it has all been about information security and compliance and protecting the client almost to an extent where it's it's really diluted the client and consumer experience. And so I think right now it's time for us, you know, we still have to be very very astute when it comes to protecting the client and and regulation and all of that. But now I think it's also time for us to start thinking about the client experience again and how we create a more transparent transaction, an easier transaction, a more fluid transaction, and making sure that people have the right type of experience with our company. Because the other experiences that they're having out in the world right now, they're working with Amazon and they're working with Uber and they're working with Domino's Pizza that has a pizza tracker. They're doing all all this other business out in the world. Then they go through our experience and it is clunky and it is full of friction and and people don't know what to expect next. So, you know, I do think while while we needed to get to a place where we were protecting against fraud and, and you know the change in regulation, I think now it's time for us to marry that with creating a much better consumer and client experience where it doesn't feel as, as clunky and hard to get through a title transaction.
0: Okay, Justin, save us some time here too. What mistakes Do you see title agents making, what can we stop doing that will help us?
1: Short answer here, uh, stop trying to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. Um, It it ends up being this keeping with the Joneses mentality, and we end up thinking we need things that we don't need. And I think, you know, if we follow a simple formula of what's working and what's not and the things that aren't working being able to move on from them. But, you know, Brian, I meet with hundreds and hundreds of title companies a year, And I'll always ask them what makes them different than their competition. And without fail, without fail, the number one answer is service. And, you know, it's kind of that dilemma of if everyone says they give the best service, does anyone really give the best service? So I think it's time that we start really thinking in differentiation and really start thinking about our unique value proposition and stop trying to be everyone else. And We end up spending so much time focused on our competition, we never fully develop and and, And refine who we are so that simple piece of advice that i would give is stop trying to keep up with the joneses stop looking across the the street to what your competition is doing decide who you want to be and then do the things that make that true you know focus on the activities the sales activities the marketing activities the products and services that make that true because when you're clear with who who you are and where you're going it'll be much more clear to your clients as opposed to always trying to, to follow suit with what your competition is doing
0: Justin Tucker, CMO of West, joining us. Now, actionable items here. What are the first things a title company should do to market?
1: Well, I think you have to have a core. Um, I I referred earlier to your brand archetype. I think going through that type of an exercise and on the back end, figuring out what your personality is as a company, it makes it much, much more clear to to communicate back to your audience. We use a very simple model here. Uh, We call it an audience message mechanism. Who is the audience you want to be in front of? What's the message that you're going to to say to that audience that makes sense to them? And then finally, you get to the mechanism. Is it going to be delivered via email or social media? I often make the joke, you know, if I'm going to market to millennials, I'm probably not going to send them handwritten notes in cursive because they can't read cursive, it's hieroglyphics. So really work in that flow. I find a lot of companies do it the other way. They'll say uh, phrases like, well, we need to get on social media because we need to be in the space. And they'll start with the mechanism. And then they think, well, now what do we want to say? And then they'll try to figure that out. And then the last thing they think about is who they want to say it to. So if you start with your archetype and figure out who you are, what your voice is, and what your personality is, then you figure out who are the people that I, that I want to reach. You know, what's the audience? What would my voice say to that audience? And then where is that audience so that I can deliver it to them in the most impactful way? That's that's really the flow. That's that's where people I think can really take their marketing to a new level by by putting a little bit more of a process and and intentionality around it and being much more clear on who they are before they start trying to figure out, you know, what type of channels to use to get the message out.
0: Now I know a lot of people listen to this, Justin, and I gotta be honest, they're saying we're a title company, okay? (laughs) Right? (laughs) How do we stand out? Okay. I mean you're talking about Amazon and Uber and Tesla. We are a title company. What do we do to stand out?
1: Brian, are you telling me that title isn't sexy? You know,
0: I kind of love it. (laughs) I know you do. That's why
1: we're asking Um, you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I, I, you know, to kind of go back to that comment earlier, uh, in a world where, where people aren't doing a lot of creative things, you don't have to be Tesla, Amazon, or Uber to stick out because the bar is set relatively low when it comes to, to creativity. And so, you know, I agree. I mean, as a title company, our, our first job is, is to protect, you know, it's to, to make sure that all parties are, are communicated with from a place of neutrality and making sure that these transactions go through and that we're clearing title and that we're making sure that the lender can feel good about sending the funds because we you know don't see anything wrong. I mean, that's, that's our goal. But, but that's also now become the baseline. That's the stuff we have to do well. To really start to get noticed, you, you have to start to do some things outside of that. And as a title company, I, I get it—the margins aren't going to be, you know, to this place where you can go hire a, a 25-person marketing staff. But I do think it's critical, you know, to start saying I have to see myself as more of a a marketing and sales organization whose product just happens to be title insurance. As opposed to saying, well, we're in title insurance, so marketing and sales isn't that important. And you know I look at look at our growth, and I don't by any means want this to be about you know beating our chest or, or trying to pretend that we have it figured out because we learn every single day. But in you know under nine years, we were able to to be the fastest company to grow a truly national underwriter, licensed and doing business in every state. we've been the fastest growing underwriter year over year. And I think, and I'm very thankful that our leadership believes in sales and marketing enough to invest in some new initiatives and and some, you know, some new programs. And so we're, we're always trying to figure out how we can do more from a sales and marketing standpoint. And I I think it'll be a theme of, of our conversation today, Ryan, but it starts with mindset. If you don't believe in sales and marketing and you think the only job you have is to do title, you'll act as if that's the truth. If you start to view yourself as a marketing organization and a sales-centric organization that just happens to be title and escrow as the product, then I think you'll start to do more activities in alignment with uh, with business development and, and enhancing your client's business, which will in turn uh, enhance yours.
0: Justin Tucker is the chief marketing officer of West, a Williston financial group company, WFG national title. And boy, have we covered a lot of ground here, Justin. I want to connect the dots and kind of bring this back full circle to talk about branding and storytelling. I know that is so important, isn't it?
1: It is. Think about the times that you've been in a room and you, whether you're whether you listening to a speaker or you're sitting around a table, you know, you're at dinner having a glass of wine, and there's someone at that table that is telling a story. And if they're really, really good at it, you are essentially riveted you're you're leaning forward you're into the conversation you're smiling you're laughing you're acknowledging you're connected there's that alignment that that we talked about earlier but the inverse of that is true as we've also all been at a table where someone is telling a story and it's long and it's boring and they're they're going off on you know tangents and going down rabbit holes and you're like dude will this story please just stop and so the point here is that storytelling is an art worth mastering. The people who are really good at it are always going to get time and attention and the people who are really bad at it are always going to create you know almost this this sales and marketing repellent where people push and move the other way from you. And there's some natural ability in that, but I also think it's something that can be developed. And you've heard me reference archetypes a few times today. For anyone who's really interested in the art of storytelling, I would read a book called The Hero and the Outlaw, and it is the story of of brand archetypes. And it essentially addresses the the main characters that have been in stories since basically the dawn of time. And uh, their roles like the hero and the outlaw and the jester and the magician. And there are these roles that we have kind of a predisposition to root for or root against or identify with. And every time you've watched a a sitcom or a movie or – you know, and and you've, you've connected to a character, there was an archetype behind that character that you have a predisposition to connecting to. And so that's what I think companies need to start thinking about is what is their identity? What is their voice? What character are they going to play? And then how can the colors they use, the imagery that they use, the copy that they use reflect that so that the people who are, are paying attention find that connectivity and, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we all love a good story and we all have the certain characters that we pull for in it. So becoming better at telling stories and becoming better at identifying which character we are within the story really add, end up adding a lot of value to someone's marketing efforts.
0: Definitely want to be the hero, right? <laughs> not
1: always, not always. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, for me, um I tend to pull uh, I tend to pull towards more of the jester role. I love companies that use a little bit of humor and don't take themselves so seriously. Companies like Old Spice that just make you laugh when you watch their their commercials and you see how they communicate. example of a hero brand would be a company like Nike. Um, They're either positioning an athlete as the hero or or you as the hero of your own story. And uh, I think hero does have a a pretty wide net that it casts. You know, people definitely tend to identify with the, the hero a lot of times.
0: Thanks to Justin Tucker, Chief Marketing Officer at West, for joining us on the Insider Report. And thank you for partnering with WFG. To learn more about our unique process, systems, and technology, visit wfgagent.com. And be sure to join us for our popular Spark event, March 12th through the 14th in Orlando. Register at wfgspark.com.